Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. And I'm Landon. And today, we are joined by the inspirational Zach Gowan. Hello, Zach. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, my pleasure, Spencer. Nice to see you. Landon, nice to see you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, this is an absolute treat for us to have you on the show uh, we had the pleasure of meeting Zach over at the Squared Circle Expo in Indianapolis a few weeks back, and that was just the best time. Uh, Zach, tell us about your experience at Squared Circle. It was amazing. Um, I don't do a lot of conventions. One, because historically I find them to be slightly uncomfortable. You know, like there's this weird um, caged animal in the zoo vibe. If you're a wrestler and you had a table set up as well, promoting your podcast and all of that. So I think you guys understand what I'm talking about, which is like you're just kind of sitting there and people are walking by and you're hoping they'll stop and either recognize you or take an interest in the fact that you're there. Um, Also, like there's this weird thing, too, where there's lots of like amazingly super famous and successful wrestlers. And I don't know about you guys, but I have insecurities where I'm sitting, you know, I'll sit there and I'll start comparing myself, comparing my lines to the other guy's lines. And, I'll, and it feels very high schoolish in a way. Um, and so I, I, I just really don't do a lot of them. Um, I happen to take this booking because uh, the guy promoting the table is a friend of mine and Gregory Iron was going to be there. And for the simple fact that I haven't really left my house since last March. And so I <laughs> it would be kind of at least to get get me out of the house uh but with all that being said i had an amazing time um it was just incredible to see everybody to 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 tap into the vibes the energy was at an all-time high um i got to see some old friends i got to meet some new ones like vicky guerrero who was beyond sweet uh darby allen who's i'm just a massive fan of um, and to see some old friends and, and, you know, as I get older as a professional wrestler and I'm sorry, I'm long winded. I'm a professional speaker for a living <laughs> for crying out loud. And I have lots of thoughts. Um, but to see a lot of, uh, my comrades, man, like guys that I was in WWE with like Chris masters and JTG and uh, a whole host of others, uh, who are all healthy and they have their head screwed on straight. Uh, and seem to be thriving in life. And, and I, I love tapping into that because as, as we know, there's, there's the other side of the business, you know? And um, so to see people come, you know, oops, sorry, I didn't mean to hit my mic. Uh, to see people come out of that and uh, out of like this huge spotlight and all of, all of this fame and success and still have their head screwed on straight and, you know, not all messed up on drugs or, 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 uh, you know, crazy behavior. And it's just, it was just, I don't know, for me, for like for my soul, almost, it was, it was really cleansing in a way. Um, and, uh, you know, I just had, I had an amazing time man. it was, it was really cool. Absolutely. And, and you touched on some incredible points there. You know, the, the wrestling industry has some extreme highs and extreme lows and it's really great, especially after a year of not being able to come together, of, of seeing those people, you know, come together and, and see each other for, in some cases, for the first time in a decade, right? And make those connections and, and be so happy that everyone's happy and healthy together. That was probably the most fun part for us was to, to be able to see those interactions between not only the wrestlers, but also we got to meet some incredible people. Uh, and, and again, this was our first uh, convention. I'm not sure if you were aware. That was the first time that we were able to actually get out there and put ourselves out there and meet some people. And man, we met some really incredible folks. Yeah. yeah the, I think the, what's super interesting. Uh, I'm so sorry, Zach. Uh, what's no, so no, go ahead, Spencer. It's your is, show, baby. Hey, oh, this no, no. is the Zach Gowan show. This isn't no, Zach Gowan live on Facebook. You know what I'm talking Zach about? Zach Gowan live on Facebook. It's your show, baby. Like, that's the place to be, is what I've been told. So let, let's be clear. Uh, but, you know, kind of sort of to Landon's point, I definitely understand the insecurity you were feeling, Zach. You know, like for me, I know I let Landon and Paul sort of handle the going to meet different talent and things like that just because that caged animal feeling can't be fun for you guys. Like, I just can't imagine that's a lot of fun. And, and even just from our little small podcast booth perspective, it was sort of a strange experience for us. But what I thought was the most neat thing, not only were we meeting cool wrestling fans, but it looked like all of the wrestlers, all the talent, you know, the Vicky Guerrero's, things like that, it looked like you guys were almost having this big reunion. 
which I thought was the coolest thing. Uh, and, and it really was a really great reminder that the pro wrestling business can be as much a family as anything else because of how much time you guys have to spend with each other over the years. Oh, a hundred percent. And, uh, you're absolutely right, Spencer. And, 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 you know, I think the pandemic really kind of, um, um, accelerated that in a way or exacerbated would be a better word, uh, because we haven't seen each other and it's been a very traumatic year for a lot of us, you know, especially, uh, for, for performers who haven't had an audience. You know, we haven't been able to 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 do, you know, what we love and 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 to express ourselves creatively, and um, and so 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 to get together like that, and just uh, be shoulder to shoulder, uh, was just almost almost like a celebration, man. And you're right, I found I've found a lot of conventions to be almost depressing in a way, you know. And it's just like the the, the energy is low and the vibes are low, and it's just like. But like the, I'm telling you, like the Squared Circle Expo, whatever magic dust they sprinkled over that hotel, uh, that was the place to be. And uh, I hope to be hope to be back next year. Absolutely, and you know, I think I know what it was. It was the karaoke, man. <laughs> that, karaoke set it so, up right. So you know, that's hey, Landon. I like to think that that me and Gregory Iron, um, we, we brought the energy to a to a different level. You know, we we walked in and, and Greg didn't want to walk in, man. He's like, oh, I, I don't do care. I don't want to be around. I'm like, listen, man, we're here. We're celebrating. You know, vaccines are out. Our friends are here. Dude, fans are here. Let's just have a good time while we're here. You know, why why waste the time uh, when we can do, you know, have a unique or fun experience? And uh, Landon, you you were the MVP of the karaoke, man. Got up there to a little sweet Caroline. A little Lou Diamond. No, not Lou Diamond. Is that Lou Diamond? Neil Diamond. Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond. Who the hell's Lou Diamond? Lou Diamond I, Phillips. He's you an know, actor. Uh, something. Uh, maybe we have to ask uh, DDP about about that one. He's he's the specialty when it comes to folks named Diamond. <laughs> There's lots uh, of diamonds out there. <laughs> yeah, I did a little Neil Diamond, brother. That was amazing. <laughs> oh man, and that was it was incredible to be able to meet you that way. You know, I was I went up there to to get Sweet Caroline on the list. And, you know, Zach just comes up to me. He's like, what are you singing? What are you singing? And, you know, I got to say, Zach, I asked you right back. What are you going to sing? Yeah. And um, I, I, I kept drawing a blank. <laughs> I'll get you up I there wanted, next time. I wanted to do a duet with Gregory Iron. Ah. Um, but then I kept getting distracted by the headbangers and Jimmy Wang Yang. and Yeah. And uh, his, his daughter and her friend. <laughs> that Those two were a fun group <laughs> yeah. no man we were just having we we're having a blast and all around the evening was great man yeah like hats off to square circle expo for 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 taking the convention and 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 pushing it to a whole new level and if you're a fan um and you're within driving distance next year you're gonna want to check it out it was great yeah i i fully agree i and maybe part of it was that it had been so long since everyone had gotten together uh, but magic was certainly in the air, Indianapolis, and and the, to see you guys have as much fun as we were having, just being there, uh, you know, really said the whole story to me. Well, uh, that's what it's all it. about, man. It's all about the unique experience. That's right. You know, that's and, right. And understanding that as a performer for the past um, eighteen years, as a wrestler, uh, literally half my life. I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, I have a, a deeper appreciation for the for the travel and the people that I've met and the things that I've seen uh, because of wrestling, and I just want to share that with everybody that I meet, especially like minded wrestling fans. Because at the end of the day, I'm still a fan as well, you know. And and my fandom is is what is, that opened the door for me to be a part of this magical business, um, and I just want to you know spread that to everybody I meet. Man, you said something about being in front of a crowd again for the first time. And I was doing some looking through your socials and stuff, right? And I saw that right when things were sort of starting to open back up a little bit, you did five shows in nine days for WrestlePro Alaska. Is that right? That's right. How was that? How was that pace, that schedule, being back in front of a live audience? Is that the sort of pace you want to keep up moving forward? What was Probably it like not. to be back in front of a crowd again? <laughs> Maybe not five and nine. That's a lot. 38, That's brother. A lot. Holy. Um, 
No, but the only reason I took, and listen, I, I hadn't wrestled for 14 months up until that point. And the only reason I took the booking was because of, um, because in Alaska, like COVID is, is very like minimal uh, out of all the states. They only have a population of 400,000. It's the largest landmass in terms of states um, and a very high vaccine rate. And, uh, and so I, I took the booking uh, because it felt safe, um, uh, number one, but also because I saw it as an opportunity to take my family with me. And I wanted, and, and, and as I get older, um, and as I experience all of the gifts that wrestling has given me, it's become more and more important for me to share that with my wife and share that with my kids and give them that experience as well. And that's taken like the wrestling business to a whole new level for me. And so I, I thought to myself, when am I, other, when am I ever going to have an opportunity to uh, take my family to Alaska again, you know? And uh, so that, that was the motivating factor. And then I was going to use it as a test run to see if, hey, do I still want to do this? You know, can my body hold up? Can I, and can I perform at the level uh, in which I'm comfortable with, you know? Um, Cause I, I don't want to go out there and just be a shell of my former self and not put on good matches and all of that. I have too much respect for the promoter and too much respect for the fans to do that. And, uh, and uh, I'm, ha I'm happy to report, to check all of those boxes, man. My body felt great. Uh, matches were really, really good. Uh, even, Mike Johnson at PW Insider was like, he's, he was like put like typing reviews, you know, and he was like, I've never seen Zach Gowan look this good. And then in my head, I'm like, well, thank you. You know, that's awesome. But I'm like, I'm, I'm really going, I'm going like half speed at this point, you know, like in terms of like getting my ring rust uh, shaken off me. And so that was really nice to hear to get that affirmation. Um, from Mike over there at PW Insider. Uh, but the, the magical part was, again, like you said, performing in front of a crowd. Since I was 18 years old, never has two weeks gone by in which I wasn't in front of an audience, whether it's uh, my student engagement work, traveling the country, working with parents, students, and teachers, uh, as, as a or as a professional wrestler doing events, or, um, teaching DDP yoga. I'm a, I'm a certified DDP yoga instructor. These all involve audiences. And uh, since I was 18 years old, and I, I, I really underestimated uh, how much, how important that was for me to be able to create something and share it with an audience. Um, and that was really, uh, I, in Alaska, I was really reminded of how important that was for me. So I got, I got, you know, I did that tour and then Im immediately went to social media and said, Hey, listen, I'm taking dates all summer. You know, if you're a promoter, uh, get in touch with me, let's work something out. I, I need to, I need, I need to get back on the road. Um, and so that it's been a, it's been all around just great experience for me. Man, I love that. I mean, it just sounds like it has been such a, a big welcome back sort of to you right back into the ring. Um, how have your kids been in, been loving it? How, how have they seen dad back in the ring? How has that been for them and for you to be able to, to gift that to them? Oh, they don't give a shit. They don't care. It's, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. No when you have kids, you look at whatever your dad does is lame. It's just that simple. You know, like, and I think, man, if I was, because my kids are nine, five, and seven months. And I think, man, if, if I was nine years old or five years old and my dad was uh, an accomplished professional wrestler, that would be like the absolute dream come true. That would be incredible. Uh, but they don't care. They they really, they think I'm lame. Um, and they think, like, they think every other wrestler is better than me. Um, and so they really, they really... <laughs> <laughs> like dad you're not that strong uh they really keep me humble you know <laughs> now i'm just imagining them in the crowd rooting against you and i think that's hysterical what a visual to have man <laughs> yeah they, no they, they they keep my ego in check that's for sure <laughs> well i do have to say if it's any consolation my very first wrestling show was a smackdown taping in new orleans and that was during uh, your whole deal with Brock Lesnar. How was it 
working with Brock Lesnar. I mean, he did some absolutely brutal things to you in that around that time. I think you you went down a flight of stairs. Uh, what was it like working with Brock? Um, it, honestly, it was an incredible experience. Uh, and uh, me and Brock are homies. Thank God, because if we weren't, it wouldn't be very good for me. <laughs> I don't know if we'd be having this conversation. Uh, but Brock took care of me, and and how I saw it, even at you know I'm barely a year into the business at that point, um, but I saw it as an opportunity to create something very special. You know, as a as a as a wrestler, as a performer, you want to create these moments that will live forever. Like that's that to me, that's the goal. Um, and uh, nobody wants to be the third match on the card for seven minutes, you know, and then forgotten about the second, the, the next match starts. Sure. And yeah. uh, I saw it as a real opportunity to create some history with Brock, just the unique matchup in and of itself. Um, and then the level of violence kept escalating and escalating. And so I have, I have people come up to me now, like you, Landon, you know, at, at shows or, or just, you know, when I'm out, grocery shopping with my kids and they'd be like oh my god are you that wrestler guy and i'm like yeah and they go i remember when brock lesnar threw you down the stairs like they all they always go to that and so to me it's like job well done man like we created like because when i was a kid that moment for me was when earthquake debuted uh in wwf and a push-up contest with the Ultimate Warrior, absolutely, and, uh, and Dino Bravo, and Earthquake came out of the crowd, and it was a big setup, and they beat up Warrior. And as a kid, I'm just watching it like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. So that was my moment. And for a lot of people your age, Landon, that moment with me and Brock was like ingrained in their brain, you know, and and into their consciousness uh, when they think about old wrestling and uh, and how crazy it used to be. Um, and for me, it, it's a it's a it's a complete honor and a privilege to be to be able to be a part of that uh, for somebody else. No, absolutely, and and it's, and it's not just one moment, right? It's the entire story of someone being able to come up so young with so much working against them, and to be able to to go in there and put on an amazing performance and persevere, and and also uh, kick the shit out of Vince McMahon with a steel chair and make him bleed like a stuffed pig, like amazing amazing stuff like I, I couldn't imagine living that you know what i mean yeah no i do know what you mean i can't imagine it either <laughs> <laughs> it was it was uh it was incredibly surreal you know and it was it was so long ago too and you know the evolution of a of a human being it happens over the course of a lifetime and that was like a good chunk of life ago um and and looking back um makes me appreciate the opportunity more and more because when you're in it, you're just trying to survive and hold on and 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 trying to do the right thing and you know trying to figure it out. You don't have the uh, the gift of hindsight or perspective, you know. And uh, and and I have that now. And so yeah, just to think back and like, okay, well, I debuted with Roddy Piper and Hawk Hogan, and I wrestled Vince McMahon on pay per view. Um, you know, literally after having maybe 30 matches my entire life, I made eventing a pay-per-view with Vince McMahon himself. <laughs> this is stupid to think about. Um, and I, I can't believe they had that much trust in me as a performer uh, to get in there and deliver, you know? And uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, the, the older I get, the more and more grateful I am for those opportunities and those moments that I had for sure. Especially with the, with the guys that are no longer here, man. You know, you're talking about Piper and Sean O'Hare and and all those guys. And it's just like, man, how, you know, it's just, it, I feel very grateful to be just a small part of the history in, you know, WWE. So that lends me to a couple of questions for you, Zach. The first of which, and I think this is the one that, that everyone watching will want to know. Um, if you could, back in, in 2003, would you have the mullet then? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You see, here's the I thing: I I had the mullet when I was in first grade, and it looked just like this, you know, just like it. I bet. Yeah, it looked just, except I, I had blonde hair in first grade, but it looked <laughs> kind of like yours, Spencer. But it, it looked it looked just like this, you know. And um, the thing about the mullet is, I started growing it out uh, last March when everything got locked down, because I figured, who gives a shit? No one's gonna see me anyway. 
um, and, and then I just kept it, you know? Um, and, and please don't blame me. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Blame my wife who allows me to go out in public every single day looking like this. It's her well, fault. Listen, Zach, here's the thing. I think the mullet is back in and I think you're, you're rocking it. You know, you're doing oh, thank great you. with it. So it's, and, and it's here, all and, good and, things. You're, you're right. And as it, as more and more uh, men get it, I'm just going to have to cut it off, man. <laughs> That's right. Because people Listen, are going to think you, I'm hopping on a trend. No, you, you know, set the trend. You trends. know who really That's inspired right. the mullet, though? Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, it's just so luxurious. Yes. It looks amazing. so good. I met him a couple of years ago, and I'm like, brother, like, what's going on here, man? Like, that's incredible, you know? And um, yeah, he's, he's the OG, man. And uh, I, I got I to gotta give props to Brian Pillman Jr. on that one. The other, the other thing, the other thing that I was thinking, Zach, uh, when you were talking about, you know, sort of that living in the moment and experiencing things with, with, uh, with guys that, you know, um, you, you have a long history with, or maybe even you didn't, that sort of brings me to DDP yoga, actually, because what we sort of all know about DDP yoga is the way it's been able to transform the lives of not just, you know, regular everyday people, but wrestlers and talent and people that have been able to sort of shift and change their life around with the help of DDP yoga. And so I wanted to ask you what, what motivates you to be part of that team? Is, is it that, um, you know, that sort of life changing ability that it has, what really drives you with the DDP yoga? Um, that's funny that you mentioned that. I, I, I just spent the past couple of days in Dallas's house in Atlanta, man. It was nuts. <laughs> they had me come down to do some promotional uh, shoots and some videos and stuff. And um, and I got to hang out with Darby Allen uh, again. And I, I rode a skateboard at the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And that was I saw that. Incredible. And what was great about Darby is that I, I just cornered him at a certain point. And uh, I, I was just talking to him like how the old washed up wrestlers used to talk to me when I was on top. And I recognized that I was doing that, um, but I didn't care because it felt like a circle of life moment, you know? Love <laughs> that. that. Love that. He'll, he'll, he'll be doing the exact same thing in 15 years um, to another young wrestler who's uh, who's hot right now. Um, and uh, it was cool. And I got to meet um, WCW legend Ice Train. Uh, he was there as well. And uh, I took a picture with him, and his arms – didn't even fit in the frame of the picture. Like he's such a massive man. And I just, I just sent him a, um, a, a DM on Instagram. I go, Hey man, it was so nice to meet you. I go, next time I'm in, I'm in Atlanta, I'd love to get a workout with you, you know? And then like, he's like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. And he, he's trying to look at his calendar and set it up now, you know? So it's like, how cool is that? I mean, I grew up watching ice training WCW and now we're scheduling uh, uh curl uh, arm day together you know maybe next week or the week after um but uh um oh your question about ddp yoga yeah it, it was uh hope i don't have shake all over my mustache but he said it was great because i ran into him at a show in maybe 2013 or so and uh i just went up to him because uh, i met him once before but I, I never really had a conversation and i'm a huge ddp mark man growing up like he was fucking awesome, man. And uh, he still is. And I, I wanted to express um, my admiration for him because at this point in my life, I, I have such an admiration for people who were successful in wrestling that find uh, success outside of wrestling. Um, because my biggest fear at that point was to be, you know, 50, 55 years old and still having to go out and take bumps to make a living. And so... Uh, or worse, you know, obviously, you know, you know, the dark side, there's there's way worse scenarios than that when it comes to professional wrestlers who achieved success years ago, um, you know, and, uh, and and so guys like him and, and Colt Cabana, who started the, the podcast revolution and uh, Mick Foley with the stand up comedy and all of that, like I, I just admire these men. And so I expressed that to Dallas and um, and he didn't give a shit. And <laughs> He just looked at me and he goes, it's hard to try to put somebody over when they don't want to be put over. You know, it's like, it's, it's kind of weird, but he just looked at me and he goes, uh, bro, we got to get you doing the workouts, you know? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, 
give me your address. And so I gave that him my address. That is such a good DDP, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> and uh, I gave him my address, not thinking too much about it. But three days later, the entire DDP yoga package lands on my doorstep. Um, and it was just, I was blown away by the generosity. And, uh, it, you know, at this point in my life, um, when somebody has a uh, higher level of success, when they take time uh, and generosity and uh, opportunity to, you know, kind of reach back um, to me, then I owe it to that person and I owe it to the generosity to take them up on their offer. It can only benefit me, you know? Um, and so I, uh, <laughs> I, even though I didn't want to do it, I committed to the 13 week program just as a way of saying thank you to DDP. Uh, and then halfway through the program, I felt, amazing it was i just felt so good all of you know people ask me like oh what about you know pain in your hips and your knee and in in your ankle and your back and i i, I don't know i've been pain free uh for a, for a long time in that area but my shoulders were really 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 bad because when you have one leg you use your hands a lot more to compensate for the leg not being there just in terms of my movement and how i pull myself up and uh, you know when i wrestle so my shoulders were so in, in such bad shape i couldn't even do chest in the gym uh without having to ice it for three days you know my shoulders and halfway through doing ddp 13-week program ddpy uh my shoulders were pain-free and I, i'm like wow there's something here you know like I, and all of a sudden my balance was good and my core strength and i started looking a little, little better in the mirror but then i got into the ring again and i felt like i was 18 years old you know and this is me at 30 32 or 33 uh and i was just flying around the ring man and i'm like oh, okay cool this isn't you know this isn't just you know a placebo or something in my head like there's like my performances are better now you know um and so i just became an enthusiast and then maybe a year or two later he's like bro you got to be an instructor you know he's like people are going to be inspired by you and, and i'm like all right sure and then so i took the instruction course 500 hours i logged on my hours i got classes going and then i became an instructor man and it's just become another tool for me to uh help other people you know and and, and ddp is a lot like me in the sense that we found our path in life through service to others and so it's just a natural extension of that man and it's just it's just you know great all around for everybody man i i just i love that you shared that i think that is um you know, just someone who already is inspirational to find ways, new ways to keep helping motivate people and change their lives is just something it sounds like worth putting your time into. And so that is just a ton of fun. The other thing that I know you do that's sort of in the same vein are these student engagement talks, right? So I know you're, you know, you sort of do speaking tours and things like that. So how is that for you? What, what, how is that different from DDP yoga and what you offer? in terms of advice and things that that you want to see out of that i love I, I i love it so much because for the longest time i thought to myself what what can i do uh besides besides wrestling man i i got sober 11 years ago uh i'm i'm an i'm an addict and i'm an alcoholic in long-term recovery um and so so service to others number one I do it because it keeps me sober. <laughs> it keeps me alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a necessity. But along the way, I've found that it it I can I can use different traumas or aspects of my life or storms or challenges that I've been through. And I can use that experience to help somebody who might, you know, be in a storm or or in a challenge that's unique to them. And uh and, and speaking is just a natural extension of that. I I, I you know for the longest time I thought to myself what can I do besides wrestling you know and um, there was no other job or no other career or or degree that I got excited about as 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 much as I was excited about professional wrestling until I gave my first like motivational assembly in the middle of nowhere Iowa <clears throat> to a middle school that was surrounded by a cornfield because they had a, uh, I was booked for an independent wrestling show at that school, but the promoter asked me to come in a day early to uh, speak with all of the kids and put on an assembly and push ticket sales, basically. Uh, and he was going to throw me an extra couple hundred dollars or whatever it was. And uh, I was 
fucking dead broke at the time. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but I wanted the couple extra hundred dollars because that was going to go a long way to for me to eat that month. And um, and so I did it. And and as I was on stage, and it was a horrible speech, uh, but as I was on stage, I, I felt the same magic that I felt that I do when I'm in a professional wrestling ring. Wow. And I thought to myself, man, I really want to do more of this. You know, I got really, really excited. And so I went home and I just Googled like youth motivational speakers. And I got a list of 30 names of people who do this for a living. I emailed all of them. I said, hey, my name is Zach Gowan. This is my story. Uh, this is you do what I want to do. How do I do it? Uh, because all of my successes in life have, have come from people who have walked the path before me, who have reached back and shared their experience with me. And uh, that's what I've, you know, that's what I've, that's what I've learned, man. That's what really life is, you know, just like taking advice from people who are more successful than you are, who are willing to share. Um, and then they'll be more than happy to show you the way, you know, and you just go to work, man, take action. And so I emailed 30 of these speakers and only one of them emailed me back. And uh, the only, uh, the reason he emailed me back was because he used to watch me on WWE. Now this man, uh, it turns out he's the best youth motivational speaker in the world. <laughs> like it just so happens, man, very serendipitous. Uh, and he's become uh, my mentor and, and more importantly, a friend of mine. And uh, and I work for his company. It's called CoolSpeak uh, at CoolSpeak.net. Uh, if you want for uh, information, I'm uh, bringing me to your school or, or any of the speakers that we have. We have a stable of of maybe 12 to 15 just amazing facilitators and speakers and and uh it's needed now more than ever in terms of student engagement and and transitioning back into the new year um not to put my, my myself over or try to get booked or anything like that it's just no please please do i, I actually zach i'm a middle school teacher in the real world are you really and so i am i am when <laughs> middle schoolers you know. are my jam are they really they are That's my fantastic. audience Listen, man, yes, you, you, because I talked high school kids, half of them are already like too hardened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're just yeah. like, oh, whatever, this is dumb. And then right. I, I talked to elementary school kids and then I, I got to do way more song and dance with them. You know, <laughs> exactly. they just, they, you just got to try to keep their attention while you're delivering a message they can digest. But middle schoolers are that, 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 that's that, that porridge in the middle, man, that mm -hmm. like, that it's just right. Not too hot, not too cold. They're in, they're enthusiastic, but they're not hardened by the realities of life yet, man. And they're so susceptible uh, to receiving a positive message, man. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that Spencer. Yeah, Zach, absolutely. And you're, you're right. It is the sweet spot. You know, that age group, I sort of always said growing up that shoving a bunch of 11 to 14 year olds in the same building is the worst idea that's ever happened. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, where else would you put them at that, at that age? So um, they, they are absolutely in that spot where they can still be molded. Right. Uh, and they still think that that things are cool and it's OK to think things are cool. And so I'm just picturing you in front of a middle school crowd and you would be. I mean, insanely over with them. So no, I go, I go, I go nuts. Sense. I go nuts. I, I got we gotta talk after this, man, because here's the thing. Uh we're getting back on the road this summer. We we do a lot of work with uh with gear up and we do a lot of work with student council and title one schools as well. And you know, you're in, you know, education, you you know all about funding and all of that kind of stuff. And and um but but it's so great because me in front of a a, a, a a middle school audience, right? So I walk out and they immediately see my leg. So and it, it, it's, it's another thing that's a bad thing that happened in life. Now it's a tool for me because that buys me five minutes. I have five, because they will not, they will be engaged for five minutes simply off the fact that I have a robotic leg. And so that gives me that window to come in and just grab their soul and then take them on a ride, you know, whether it's a motivational keynote or we're doing a workshop where everybody's involved and we come up with a awesome objective uh, or takeaways, man. And it's really, it's really a beautiful thing, man, especially with the middle schoolers. I, it just, you're absolutely right. They need that hook. They would need a reason to care. And, uh, and for you to be able to take advantage of that, uh, just speaks to how good you are at what you do. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's great too, because I blow their mind because they, they, they see me and they think, um, um, uh, they, they think, oh, here's a, a story about overcoming a handicap. Yeah, if he can do it, I can do it, you know? And then 
it kind of starts out that way, but then I dive into wrestling John Cena and I dive into American Ninja Warrior and I dive into climbing a mountain with other amputees. And then uh, we, we tie it all together with these lessons and then we give them tools that they can, you know, cause it's cool to be entertained and inspired for 45 minutes. But my question is what are we doing after this, after this keynote is over? after this assembly is over, how are we taking the message into our homes, into our classrooms um, and in, into our communities? So there's a beautiful follow up with that and we get everybody involved, man. It's just, it's great. I've, I've really missed, in, I've, all of my work has been virtual, my student engagement work since March. And uh, on, on Monday, I fly out to Oklahoma uh, and we're doing a camp, a, a four-day camp, and um, it's going to be the first kind of in-person student engagement work. And I'm just, I'm, I'm jumping, man. Like, I'm, I'm just so happy to do it. That, I know that's much needed right now, and that's going to be so uh, so gr- great and wonderful for, for, for you and for everyone involved. What is So if someone wants to book a camp like that with you or, or a virtual session, what's the best way they can get in contact with you for, for either motivational speaking or if someone maybe wants to take a, a DDP yoga class with you? Yeah, it's real simple. Just go to ZachGowan.com. And then hit the contact button and fill out the form, and then I'll, I'll I'll handle it from there. Easy. Perfect, perfect. And we will absolutely drop all of that stuff, all that information, uh, below the video as well here, so that they can just it's one click away. Because I think that would be the best way to. Thank do. you. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I we could talk to you all day, like literally all day. It's the it's been the most fun. Uh, but I did want to sort of turn things back a little bit to wrestling. Oh man, do we have to? I, we don't have to. We can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> but what Landon and I and and Paul, what we normally do is, you know, we, we rank the greatest matches of all time, which, you know, is obviously the most objective thing that that exists. But it's a ton of fun for us, and, and it's been a real challenge. And so I was just curious, Zach, are there what are some of the matches that you think maybe inspired you to be a professional wrestler or some that you sort of think of as the best ever? Um, so a match that inspired me to be a, there's one match in particular that inspired me to be a professional wrestler. And that was, it was a random WCW Saturday night, um, uh, uh, match on, on 605 on TBS, um, in the summer of 96, uh, it was, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon. And I know they had a ton of matches and every time those two got together, it was magic. But this match in particular uh, was special to me because it was the first time I ever saw these two perform. And they introduced a style to, of wrestling to me that I fell in love with, right? That 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 that, that athletic, high-flying, um, um, you know, risk-taking, smaller guy uh, wrestling, you know? And uh, up until this point, I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler. I never thought I could, not because I have one leg, but because I'm not six foot five, 300 pounds, and I, I never will be. And so to see these smaller guys just go out and just insanely acrobatic and athletic maneuvers and, and, and put this beautiful match together, a light bulb went off in my head, which was, hey, listen, even though I have one leg, I can, I'm athletic, I'm athletic enough to do some of these maneuvers. And I think I could, I think I could get in, in, into a ring one day and be able to pull some of this stuff off, you know? Um, so that, that match just, I, I remember I was, it was during the summer Olympics in Atlanta in 1996. And we were like, my family and I were on vacation somewhere and I was sitting in the hotel watching this match. I remember exactly where I was. And I'm just like, Holy cow, man. Um, in terms of uh, the greatest matches of all time, you know, there's a um, there, there's a match that not a lot of people talk about. I mean, obviously, we 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 all know the greats, right? You know, Bret Hart and um, and, and Stone Cold at WrestleMania, and, and the Survivor Series match was awesome as well. And um, you know, Rock and Austin and and Hogan and Rock and uh, Hogan and Andre, obviously, and then Flair and Steamboat they had this, the, the the trios, and then freaking um steamboat and savage you know um at wrestlemania 3 uh but for me one of the matches that there's two matches that don't get talked about nearly enough as being one of the best of all time and one of them i think it was great american bash 88 it was uh flair and luger 
and it was with Jim Ross on commentary, and it was just pro wrestling in its purest form. It was art, man. Um, I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like, uh, just the commentary from from the beginning of the match when when Luger is working the side headlock, and how and Jim Ross is talking about how Luger has to wear Flair down with his move. He's not going to finish him, but he has to wear him down with his move to put him in a position to put him in the torture rack. You know, and and how 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 Luger just shined the entire match. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't just you know, uh, babyface beats up heel, heel cheats to cut him off, heel beats the babyface up for a, a, a boringly extended period of time, and the babyface comes back and they do some false finishes. Like the whole match was just Flair putting uh, Luger over and then stopping him, and then Flair being the man, and then Luger coming right back, and the crowd was going crazy. And the ending sucked because uh, the ending was supposed to be uh, uh, Luger uh, gets color, and then the Maryland Athletic Commission shuts it down because there's a, a no blood policy. But Luger didn't get any color; like he had like a little bit of he had like three or four drops of blood. <laughs> so the ending just was so botched that that it cast uh. a horrible shadow on the rest of the match. But the match up until that point and the idea of the finish was amazing. Um, another match that I, I, I emailed Landon about that I love so much was SummerSlam 2014, Brock Lesnar and John Cena. I think, I think that was just a, a, a masterpiece and it was just, you know, um, it took a lot of uh, cr- creativity and courage to put that match on your second largest event of the year in the main event slot. Um, and I thought it was just wonderful, man, what they did. Absolutely. Well, look, Zach, if we ever uh, cover one of those matches on our show, uh, would you like to join us in for yeah, a full bring, episode? Bring yeah. me back. Would love bring to have back. you back on. And if you don't, then I'll just cover uh, those matches on Zach Allen Live on, on my Facebook. <laughs> no, we definitely will. No worries. <laughs> uh, and, and it's the, the hardest part, though, is at the end of the show, each episode, we do a deep dive into the episode. We talk about the careers of both of the competitors involved or more sometimes. And then the build to how we got to that. And then we talk about the nuts and bolts of the match. But after all is said and done, we have to rank it on the list of 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. And that is the most difficult part. So if it, like you were, you were talking about, there are some awesome ones, right? Brett Austin, WrestleMania 13 is up there. It's in our top three. Uh, you know, their Survivor Series match is great. If you had to rank that one over Flair Luger... How would you do it? Which one goes over for you? Oh, out of those two, what the better one was? Um, I think I think Cena and Brock is better. Uh, simply because Flair and and what's so amazing about Flair and Luger is that Flair took this orange and somehow got more juice out of the orange into the cup than with the juice that was actually inside of the orange. You know what I mean? Like before it was squeezed. Like <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah, 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 to yeah. Me, that's the magic of, of that match along with Jim Ross on commentary. Um, but, 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 but with Cena and, and Brock, it was so, um, it was such a risk. And I think that gives it like uh, additional points it was such a risk to have the match that they had. Um, and it, and it took a lot of balls to be able to go out there and do it. And then not only that, but it, 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 it took a different kind of performer to execute that match because that, that, that match could have fallen flat on its face very, very easily. And so the ceiling was very high for that match. Uh, however, the, so was the floor and the floor is very low. Um, and then both performers, along with the referee, along with the commentators, everybody worked together to deliver, you know, to, to bring it up here at a very high, high ceiling. And, uh, and, and so I, I have to give the nod to that. I think Cena and Brock just did a masterful job of conveying, like, you know, I don't, I don't believe in, in Dave Meltzer's rankings. I don't, I think, I think it's an absolute, uh, fraud. Um, boy, Zach, by the way, it's just so nice to talk to you. I just need to, (laughs) after hearing that, man, it's just, it's a real pleasure. (laughs) Uh, well, here's the thing because it's, 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 well, certainly, you know, he has the right to do what he does, 
there's no question about it. And people who follow him and, and have, you know, similar opinions, God bless them, you know. Uh, but for me, it's, it's as, you know, a match either works or it doesn't. Because you have you have a you have a story you have a, a certain amount of time and you you have uh, objectives that you want to accomplish by the end of the match and, and my question is did we accomplish those objectives or didn't we within our slotted amount of time um, and if we did did we give added value did we did we go above that did was it even did we even you know we we did we did what we wanted to do, but do do we get extra credit? You know, at a certain point, and um, and uh, and I think uh, Brock and Cena uh, did an absolute masterful job at accomplishing that and and delivering so much more. And it was just a beautiful moment, man. We talk about these moments. Um, so if so, like so so Meltzer, not to go on a Meltzer rant, but he would give you know Goldberg versus Ming, um, you know, one star. Right, but like, did the match accomplish what it was trying to accomplish? You know, did we get Goldberg even more over? Did he look like even more of a monster? Was he able to do it in the in the, in the amount of time? Did his stuff look good? If the answer is yes to all of that, then it's a five star match. Exactly. You know, like I, a five star match doesn't have to be a million false finishes and dives and, and Kenny Omega's off the top for an hour with Okada. Absolutely. A five star match can be Goldberg squashing Ming in a in a where, where the crowd is just jumping out of their seats. You know, we, that's how I see it anyway. And we do. We have some matches on our list, and the first one that comes to mind is Trish Stratus versus Lita on Monday Night Raw when it was the main event. That match. It wasn't the absolute spectacle where you saw the two of the best technical wrestlers of all time going at it, but it set out what it accomplished to do, and it was the first time that the women's championship main evented Raw, or I believe the second time. Um, and and it just absolutely one hundred percent agree. I believe it was. I believe it was. Yeah, I remember that as well, man. That, that's a that's a great call because you, you you're factoring factoring in the context of history as well, um, and 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 automatically that match is going to be compared to all the other main events of Raw, which up to this point have been men, right? And so like so there's a very very high standard here, uh, and they hundred percent lived up to it and delivered in that match. That match was incredible. Man, I just really appreciate your perspective, not just because. Um, it, it sort of speaks to the job that that the, the you know the performers have in the ring and what they're trying to accomplish week in and week out. But also what I hear from you, Zach, is you have such an appreciation for not just the two wrestlers or three or four wrestlers in the ring, but the referee and the commentary and the whole team that really brings these moments together because without you know the extra people on the side, it doesn't really work. And no, so we're, for you- we're all on the same team. We're all, we're all working together to accomplish a goal. Uh, and the, the, and honestly, if, if we're speaking, <clears throat> excuse me, candidly, um, the most important factor of all of that is the crowd. It's simple as that is the live audience. It, we're, it's a live audience, uh, uh, performance. Um, and so that's why the past year has been horrible in terms of of watching Monday Night Raw or or AEW AEW from from my perspective does a better job because at least they have some people there um who are reacting in real time right. um and so so you could have like imagine okay imagine Rock Hogan without that without without an audience it's a horrible match <laughs> it's right. the worst match you've ever seen in your life can you imagine that match without an audience? Just watch we, that match on mute one time. We we do. We so we have covered Rock Hogan on the show and we talk about that at length about how the crowd makes that match yes. one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time and little of else. Of course. Um but there's another match that comes to mind, Canadian Stampede, the 10 man tag. Yeah. The crowd absolutely makes that match what it is. No, it's it it it's it, it, it's bonkers. Yeah, that that match is it's a ten man tag, and it's and it's kind of a boring match if if we're being honest. And uh, but the the insanity of the crowd and and the dynamic of of uh, of 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 the Canadian team being super babyface. I don't know, man. Like that 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 whole era, man. Not, we're talking about ninety seven, right? 
that whole era is just incredible, man. The, the Bret Hart run with Stone Cold coming up, and, and then you know Shawn Michaels and just you know DX forms, and it's just like I don't know. Ninety seven creative for me is just uh, one of the best of all time, man. It's just it's just absolutely perfect, and and um, and 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 you're right. And uh, without um, to me, I've always said that the crowd is the most important part of the match. It's a hundred percent the most important part of the match, and because we are alive, it's a live performance based off of the synergy uh, and the energy that the crowd gives us, the performers, and then we give back to the crowd. And it's just like we we all go on this epic journey together. Ideally, obviously, most of the time it falls short of that, but when it doesn't, and we're all in the same wavelength, and the vibes are at it are at nine thousand. And then we're just coasting to this beautiful crescendo of a finish. And then we're, we're all just in this like moment together. And it's very spiritual in nature, if you think about it. Um, which is why, you know, for the past year, I, I can't, I can't, st- I can't watch wrestling without a crowd. Who can? It's like watching practice matches, man, going to a wrestling school and watching guys like, you know, and the worst is too, when like when they would do a dive, and then they would just automatically fire up to the crowd that's not there. And I'm just like, what, dude, what, who are you firing up to? You're not even looking at the camera, you know? But it's so, like, mechanical for performers, you know? Like, we do this and we do this, yeah. And it's like, it's just awful, man. And cutting a promo. Cutting a promo with no crowd? What's the it, point? It, it, ex- it, it has really exposed who is talented and who is maybe not so talented, in my opinion, anyway. No, that's a great point. That's absolutely a great point. And hopefully, you know, and and you've started to do some shows in front of live crowd. It sort of seems like wrestling is moving back in that direction, which is awesome. You know, like uh, it's just that feeling, that spiritual vibe that you that you spoke about is what hooks people as wrestling fans. You know, and to be able to start experiencing that again, it I feel really lucky to sort of be moving in that direction. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel blessed too. And it, to take it full circle, it's why Squared Circle Expo in, in Indianapolis was so special to me. Um, just to be a part of the magic again. Uh, because, you, you know, you re- I, I realized, I, I definitely took it for granted all of these years um, until it was taken away from me. And now that it's coming back, man, it's just, I, I, I'm so uh, beyond grateful. Uh, to be able to tap into it once again. Zach, you have been a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, and uh, it has just been the best getting to chat with you. I cannot thank you enough for for spending time with us today. Hey, my pleasure, Spencer. Landon, great to see you again. Spencer, let's talk about bringing me to your school uh, offline, man, and we can definitely make it happen. Absolutely. I'd love to see that, and I'd love to see you again as well. Would love that. I know Landon's already prepping more karaoke numbers, and he'll have some ready for you next next year at Squared Circle. Let's go. Uh, but but we just wish you continued health and success, and and the time that that you spent with us has been really wonderful, and so we appreciate that. My pleasure, boys. I'll see you soon. All right. All right. For last match standing, I'm Spencer, and I'm Landon, and that's Zach, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>